Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Lyric, and Tyler Hewitt as Alto. My report shows that Valentine and Lyric were forced to battle mutants, while Alto discovered the route to their method of escape, leaving mutants battling demons on the surface. The trio fled into the air ducts of the collapsing hive. Can they survive a race against time and find a way off-world before the Exterminatus arrives? Find out next, in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. When you signed up to be an Inquisitor, Valentine, you had a number of preconceived notions. And of course, signed up is a broad term for being told. But when you (laughs) decided that this would in fact be a path you would pursue and something that you want to excel in, you had images in your head of what you'd heard around the various academy tales of high adventure, you know, like going to Xenos planets and facing down untold horrors on war-blasted vistas as for the emperor rang out from guard units engaged in combat against the Xenos threat, or purging heretics deep inside a corrupted cathedral, making sure that the twisted roots of chaos could not lay claim to yet another imperial world. You didn't imagine yourself being knee-deep in a weird, horrific slush that seems to be made of decomposed matter from a variety of things, basically the lint trap of a massive ventilation system that has not been cleaned or properly functional in a century. And yet, here is where you find yourself. As you and your two strange new companions begin to wade your way through the massive ventilation system that will allow you to get to the last possible off-world transport before the Imperium shows up to do what it does best, obliterate this corrupted planet into dust. So the three of you have been making your way through the entry shaft now for about 20 minutes. And again, you know that the system is remote enough that there won't be a destroyer showing up immediately, but it will be soon. But unfortunately, there haven't been any, you know, side paths or anything else. And you do know that, of course, you are exiting the dome, so that will take some time. But it also gives the three of you a moment to breathe, even if the air you're breathing is kind of fetid and gross. Valentine, what do you think is going through your head as you and your your newfound companions begin to make your way forward? Well, the vision was terrible, which he would really struggle to like work around language wise because he's determined not to be negative, but he doesn't have to say it out loud. So he'd be kind of doing some loops on like, I mean, great. And then circling back to how troubling and by troubling, I mean, what a great opportunity it is kind of internally for a while doing the same propaganda that corporations do for themselves, but for himself in his own head. And I think he'd be using Eugene because Eugene is a Vox hailer skull. So like he can translate messages. He also works as a loud hailer and he's a Vox receiver, a basic one. So he's basically like a police radio kind of thing. 
So I think he'd be watching that to see if he could hear anything. And he'd have an auspects that might help them track where they're going. But I think at this point, he wouldn't know too much about his new companions, but he'd probably try to chat them up if he could. Because he doesn't know who they are or what their interests are. Mm-hmm. They could um, be cultists, they could be recidivists, or they could just be lovely citizens who he should befriend and protect. So before we get too deep into that, what does Eugene look like? We've just basically described him in broad terms. Yeah, so Eugene is a human skull with one human eye, and then the rest of the skull is internally a whole bunch of motors and gears. And when the mouth opens, there's just a speaker and a microphone. So Eugene has to open his mouth and be talked into to receive messages. (laughs) Or he opens his mouth and it like opens and shuts as he talks from recordings. And then he's got two anti-grav plates where his neck would be, where the spine is, that just sort of float him up and around with a hum that you probably wouldn't notice unless you really were familiar with Mm. Eugene. Cool. So Mm. almost like a properly working computer fan. It's... Yes. Present, but doesn't sound like a jet engine like mine does when I process these videos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So, yeah, Eugene is hovering along beside you. You're picking up some traffic, but it is very intermittent. To kind of put this in perspective, the best way to think of this tunnel is similar to a sewer, but a dry sewer. So kind of a okay. massive circular chamber with two graded walkways that unfortunately at this point aren't really any less dirty than what you're walking through because this is where all the dust and crud and skin flakes and everything else would land. It's not dark, which is nice, or at least the section is lit. It has those horrible work lights you find in such industrial areas, but they're all in little alcoves similar to what you'd find in an apartment hallway. So about 70% of the lights are still operational. So there's still gaps in between, which is also good because more light would really help you understand what you're wading through, and you don't want to. Unfortunately, I am aware because I have bionic eyes, so darkness doesn't affect me the same way. So this place is look gross, not nice. Yeah. So you hear scattered radio transmission blasts through Eugene's Vox coder, and it sounds like the PDF is in a panic. The planetary defense forces are wildly under-equipped for what's occurring topside, You're hearing sort of more and more chatter about mutations, and it would seem that the irradiated leech people have now become the lesser concern, and the chaos-twisted creatures that were formerly the crew of the Gilead's Fist are becoming increasingly concerning. I thought the leech people were chaos twisted. Oh, we fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a bad scene. <laughs> so, so much worse. Yeah. The, it's so much worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah, the leech people are uh, irradiated settlers on this planet who lived outside the dome. So the PDF is actually pretty solid at fighting the leech people because that's been their primary function for almost as long as Galen's glory has existed. Chaos Twisted Navy Marine Corps, not to be confused with like Space Marine Corps, but like Marine Corps, a little bit better at fighting and killing. So it's going to shit real fast topside. Meanwhile, Alto, you are leading the expedition, but you also have the added stress of knowing that Lyric and Valentine will not be able to fly this craft. So this is going to be some real, how long did you spend in the simulator, kid, kind of bullshit. What do you think is going through your head right now? Alto's thinking about getting there. I think because he's on the run from leech mutants and some horrifying disembodied voice in that pod, it's really heightened his focus and like all peripherals are non-essential right now. So it's all about like, got to get us to the ship and then we'll do the next part. 
That's fair. So as you're making your way through the tunnel that has up till now been straight, finally begins to curve. And as it does so, you see a body wearing a PDF uniform. The Planetary Defense Forces, in like modern terms, it'd be kind of like the National Guard. Certainly like trained soldiers and know what they're doing, but also Galen's glory hasn't seen action in centuries. So, hmm? but you see a body slumped over and you can see he's got a, an old LAS rifle. Think of it essentially as a bolt action modern rifle, you know, laser powered, but- uh, I was gonna say, if you want an in-world version, that's called a LAS lock. They're right. old. They're like one shot, crank it out, fire another one. Great. Okay. So yeah, we'll say it's a last lock then. This weapon is looking kind of old. How old or fresh is this corpse looking? It's very old. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There's uh, what seems to be a self-inflicted last oh. shot to the head. But yeah, I think uh, Valentine had stepped forward and been, all right, friends. So I've noticed that it seemed like you may have been slightly underarmed for dealing with these uh, mutants and, dare I say, infected members of the Navy. So one of you like this weapon. Also, uh, I'd like to just casually flip through his pockets to see if there's food because I feel like Valentine is one of those people who can kind of eat anywhere. And I'm, <laughs> they've never discussed it in Warhammer, but I'm imagining they're like IMRs, Imperial yeah. Meal Replacements that never are like our back. MREs. Yeah. yeah, you do not find any. <laughs> you get the sense that might be why he ate his gun. Oh, balls, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so anyone, last lock, it's old, but it's good. It's not really like a f- question of firepower. It's more like a desire not to fight them at all. Sir, what's your name? My name is Lucius Valentine, and I am a member of the Emperor's Holy Inquisition. I'm afraid when it comes to chaos and mutancy, it is a legal requirement that we all fight them. And if you kneel down, they will feast upon your soul and your bones, which I've heard bad things about. But you know what? The fighting is really the fun part. Lyric in her head, it's like, who the fuck is this guy and why the fuck is he taking so long to explain things that are totally <laughs> irrelevant right now? So she just tromps up to him, grabs the uh, last lock from him. I'll take it and let's fucking go. Oh, perfect. If you'd done that right away, we wouldn't have had to have this conversation. Now let's continue, friends. All right, you map boy. Let's let's do this. And I'm back to it. I'm, I'm map boy. <laughs> All right. Lead on, sweet, sweet map boy. <laughs> So you make your way further in, and Lyric, I feel like you're the most aware at any given time. Yeah, probably. Can you roll me cunning and perception? Fuck uh, yeah, it is. Difficulty two. And I'm going to give you one setback dice because you're in a lint swamp. Okay. (laughs) I made this. This is my fault, but it's so gross. I fucking hate it so much. Do we need yeah, to everybody, establish uh, story points? Yes, we do. One moment, please. Everybody at home and here, just imagine your mouth full of lint right now because that's what we're experiencing. Also, uh, please sign up for a Patreon and that feeling will go away. Um, <laughs> there are five story points available to you and one available to me. So, Tom, you said difficulty two and add a setback? Yeah. Cool. One failure. So you hate this environment, not just because it's gross, but because as someone who spent a lot of time hunting in the hive city, this is kind of the equivalent of being in a field. There's no real cover. There's no blind alleys. None of the tactics that you normally have are viable here, which you find very frustrating and a little bit off-putting. It's disconcerting, yes. Absolutely. So you continue making your way forward. Valentine, can you roll me a streetwise, please? Difficulty two as well, please. Is this perception-based, Tom? Um, I mean, it, like, I'm just wondering if the aspect factor is in or not, or is it just some... No, this would just be a finger visually observing. It is technically perception-based, but you wouldn't be using yeah. the auspex for it. That makes sense. 
Three successes and one advantage. Damn, son. All right. Fuck yeah. Uh, You notice that there are some recent tracks through the muck. They seem to be single wheel tracks, and there are several of them. So it almost looks like a number of motorcycles have come through here not that long ago. Interesting. All right, friends. So I have some excellent news, and I'm going to be quieter while I deliver it. It appears that several motorcycles have come through this area. Do you know any gangs or motorcycle clubs that might have used the ducks for a purpose? The only motorcycle gang you're aware of, Lyric, are the Nashers. They love motorcycles almost as much as they love eating people. Yeah, the fucking cannibals, the Nashers, fucking gang, they're stupid. This is an awkward moment. What does fucking mean? Uh, It can mean kind of whatever you want it to mean in the moment. It can mean a lot of things, yeah. Is it positive or negative? It's being thrown around a lot. Maybe these Nashers are lovely people. It can be positive, it can be negative. In this case, I think cannibalism is ridiculous, so fucking cannibals is negative. So negative right now. I'm sorry, I have to learn the idioms. You know, every world has their own language. All right, let me be clear. These guys are bad. All right, so do we shoot them on sight? Are they criminals? Well, Uh, I think we're, I think, I think we have a time limit here. I think we need to get off this fucking world. So maybe we just shoot anyone that gets in our way. How about that? Okay, let's go. Lyric, you just finished a job with the Nashers. Is there any goodwill there, or are we not going to test that and just kill anyone in our way? I don't know. Fine. I'll give like a, hey, guys, can you give us some help? And if they're like, not yes, right away, then just fucking shoot them. Well, could we hire them perhaps for protection? I am incredibly important. I could perhaps give <laughs> I, them pardons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to do a monetary transaction while we're like fleeing for our lives. This no, 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 no. I, I don't have money now. I could get money later. Right now I could promise them things. Oh, oh buddy. Yeah, no, that's not going to fly with uh, the Nashers. All right, that's fair enough. So uh, how many people could we fit in this travel thing that we're moving towards? It wasn't entirely clear to me. Could it be one or three or 35? Do we know? You don't know too much about the Astral Line, but it was meant to move people between Gatlin's various projects. So think of it kind of as a ferry. So I'd say Ah. probably like safely 30. Okay. Interesting. So in our worst circumstance, we can offer the Nashers the way out of, shall we say, a hive that will be destroyed from orbit. Yeah, we could phrase it like that. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we shoot them. I feel like these are going to be fun options. Look, I can't wait to have a fucking adventure. I just want to say, if they appear to be able to help us, say if we find that we need them, then we should make our arrangements. However, I am not voluntarily getting onto a confined space with a shit ton of cannibals. That's just fucking ridiculous. That's bad fucking, right? Yes. All right, see, I'm learning. It's a real point counterpoint right there, yeah. So why don't we go and find out what the answer is going to (laughs) be? It's like, stick us over his shoulder, like... Yeah, I should do the map thing again? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, that's great. What's, what's your name, young man? Me? I'm, I'm Alto. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Alto. I promise you a reasonable amount of money in the future, along with, let's say, a pardon for any historical activities. I don't have access to your background, but I believe that you deserve a pardon. Do you have access to any kind of, you know, fast rides? Oh, down the line, I can literally do anything. Okay, we'll talk. A lot of people who are insane say they hear the Emperor's voice in their head. Here's an interesting thing about you two. You're hearing his voice right now. I, I'm walking. 
Well, not her, but I mean, I'm you walking are. away. Uh, we shouldn't separate. We should stick with Lyric. Trust right, me, she's yes. the toughest one out of all of us. Well, I believe that's quite possible, and I might surprise you. So here's a question, and I just, like, start walking with him along the path towards the circle. I'm like, this is awkward, but she seems incredibly hostile, and we may need to win these Nashes over. Should we really let her lead this talk? She seems somewhat, shall we say, pleasantly dismissive. Well, I don't know. I mean, Lyric finds work pretty regularly. She gets on well enough with her clients and contractors. Although the planet wasn't blowing up then, so I don't know. <laughs> These are reasonable points. Now, what kind of things does she look for in terms of payment from employers? Immediacy? Promptness? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we're doing now. We're walking along. Yeah, she, she gets yeah. paid in timeliness. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you don't want to be late to pay Lyric. I've no, seen no. her... What? I, feel, I feel like we're just having a disconnect here. Which, what do people pay her with? What does she value? Money, my guy. Like, uh, thrones. Oh, oh, yes. The coins used in this system. Interestingly enough, if this city is destroyed, how much do you think the thrones will be worth one system over? You're asking me questions I have never in my life considered. I don't Here's know what's a fun thing, friend. around the corner. I, I just <laughs> clap a hand on the shoulder. I'm like, we're going to expand your horizons immensely. And you have two exciting opportunities. You can go insane or adjust. And the emperor will help you do what you are meant to do. Now let's walk. Pay attention to that map. Alto the map boy. And Alto's like, yeah, all right. Alto the map boy. Just looks down, tries to figure out where the hell we are. <laughs> you have a rough idea based on the curve that you've just passed. However, you start to find that the light is giving out. And Valentine, it would seem that all of the bulbs have been shot out. Hmm. Well, this bodes poorly. Uh, Lyric, if you don't mind, all of the lights have been shot out. Do you have any way to see in the dark? Or does dear Alto the map boy... The only thing that I can think of is like my targeter on my rifle, but I don't know how well that would pick up anything. Alto has a night cloak, so he can hide well in the dark, but he cannot see well in the dark. So it's mainly pick a place and stay there for him. <laughs> <laughs> the answer, it would seem, is no. Neither no. of them can see in the dark. No. All right. So here's what I think we might have to do. So back when I was in the school of Progenium, there was a fun thing that we used to do for entertainment purposes. One boy would bang on a pot and the rest of us would form what we like to call a conga line. We learned this from the planet of conga. So everyone would put their hands on one boy's shoulders and he would lead the group. So what I think is both of you should put your hands, Lyric, you on perhaps my shoulders, Alto at the back, and then uh, I'll lead us forwards because I'm the only one who can see in the dark. All right, yeah. this is the best option. And I put my hand on Valentine's shoulders and you can just feel the brass knuckles <laughs> 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 that are in my left palm. <laughs> Alto, this is an awkward question and I hate to presume anything, but I do see that you have what appears to be a mind impulse unit. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, good eye. Oh, charmingly illegal. All right, so what I'm thinking is perhaps you with your map could plug into my auspects so I could see where I'm supposed to go. I mean, the map is just written on paper. Ah, I should have taken this from you earlier. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll take the map. Hand them the map. And lead us into the dark. So you continue to follow the map, and uh, you start to make better time as the sort of debris has clearly been disturbed by these passing vehicles. However, when you start to approach what seems to be the entrance to the tunnel system that will take you out of the vent system and on your way to the astral line, you can hear voices and the sort of metallic screech of a high-powered welding torch. 
Lyric, do you recognize any of these voices? Is it the Nashers? It is the Nashers. Yeah, it's the cannibals. So here's the question. Should we conga line up to them and have a group conversation, or should we send you ahead and perhaps cover you from a distance? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Just, like, get ready to shoot them, okay? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course. And now for a lesson in lyrical diplomacy. Lyric, you step forward and approach, and sure enough, you can see there are about six bikes and nine gnashers. They're looking a little rough. They've definitely seen combat. And there's one big one-armed lady holding a welding torch going to town on the sealed, think like almost a bank vault door. The door itself, even though it's a service access, is surrounded in gilt gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of see in swirling script the words astral line service entrance. Your eyes also pick up in the bright glow of the torch a very clear indentation that one could place an inquisitorial sigil by way of key. But given mm-hmm. that the Nashers do not have an inquisitor amongst them, they are trying to brute force it. As you start to approach, one of them whistles through pointed teeth and a bunch of them break off, and it's the classic, a couple up on top, one drops down, I think like two little groups of three, so six of them, and then there's two more working the door and one overseeing all of it. Yeah. So you have these two groups of sort of three each making their way forward, but the one who whistled is leading the pack. He's a very sharp-featured, almost rat-like features with very prominent teeth, a pointed nose, and he's wearing those classic big pink slotted glasses, and he says... Well, if it isn't Lyric, you're back. Something wrong with your payment, or did you just get tired of fighting leech people? Second one, uh, (laughs) trying to get where you're also trying to get. Hey, boss, sounds like she knows about the old astral line, too. Uh, what, uh, what, What are we thinking here? And the boss turns seven foot tall, mostly muscle, scary, scary looking dude with a wicked scar that bisects his mouth. So not Joker style, but someone clearly slashed him across and he poorly stitched it back together. And he just says, Well, I don't uh, really see why we should bring along any dead weight. Actually, now that I think of it, we might get hungry on the voyage. Ah, fuck it. I say killer. And they sort of laugh in unison. And the guy who's addressing you is like, Well, you know, looks like I'm going to get my money back. Oh, you fucking idiots. And I draw my auto pistol and I fire at the guy right in front of me. All right, let's roll for initiative, please. In the case of you, Lyric, please roll cool rather than vigilance because you're not springing an ambush. You're just reacting to what's happening. Okay, so I actually say for all, all three of you, it will be cool. That's fair. Um, this is a difficulty zero. We're just going based on how many successes you get. Interesting All fact right. for our two hive worlders, they both automatically add one success for being wary. Both wary. Yep. Yep. I have one advantage. <laughs> I have five successes, one advantage. Nice. I have one success and three advantage. Alto, you're actually up first. The second you see the big boss starting to talk in menacing tones, knowing Lyric's disposition, you kind of know how this is going to go down. So you start yep. reaching for your piece. What do you do? So Alto, in preparation for Lyric walking up to these guys and talking to them, has activated his night cloak. So he's very difficult to see in the dark, even on like uh, thermal, because it also keeps the heat inside the cloak. And he has in his hands a Laz Carbine with a silencer on it as well. So it's just maybe like a little as he takes his first shot like out of this tunnel. (laughs) If she's like, you guys are idiots, and I see her draw 
I'm sure Alto's thinking Lyric's got that one. He's already dead. He doesn't know it. So I'll start to fire on one of the other Nashers. You can think of these as two groups. Do you want to go for the rat-faced thug is in or the other group? Let's go for rat-face. You right. described it, so he must be more dangerous. So let's, <laughs> let's get him out of here. <laughs> Just to keep this mentally simple, we're going to go with shirts and skins. So rat-face and his crew are the shirts. The other group are all like various degrees of shirtless. You know, one of them's like a real mean looking lady wearing like a denim vest. One of them just has like a shirt tied across himself for some reason. And you wonder why Lyric thinks these guys are idiots. Like, <laughs> I didn't wonder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alto, for your shot, we are looking for range heavy and you are at mid range. So we'll say three purple. Are they long range for me? Because I I have a scope on it as well. (laughs) I got two attachments for it. I got a silencer and a scope, so I can take an aim. So the aiming maneuver is actually a a thing you can do. Basically, each time you take aim Mm -hmm. as your main action for the turn, you gain one boost dice going forward on the next shot. So if you're trying to take a particularly difficult shot, you could spend three rounds aiming and you'd add three blue boost dice to whatever you're doing. So in order for the scope to function, you have to say that you've taken the aim thing. That said... When Alto went forward, if your goal is to cover her, it would be perfectly reasonable to assume that you had already taken aim. So, yeah, we'll say that you've already done that. Um, okay. So we're looking at three purple plus one blue for aiming. And I'm going to give you one setback for it being dark. Okay. Two successes, three advantages. Nice. And what is the damage on your weapon there, sir? Six. What's your crit? My crit is three. Also, with three advantages, I can, if I spend those, I can crit. I'll spend them for the critical. Yeah. Cool. You see one of these shirted Nashers, and yeah, you track your scope from up and over Lyric's shoulder to the first guy you can find, and it's a guy who is clanging a pipe against his hand. So with a quiet... A straight beam of laser energy strikes this guy just above his eye, and the back part of his head just blasts off. And then Ratface's eyes go wide. He says, well, people, think we're fucked. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Alto. Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Lyric. And our Game Master, Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. 
If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Space Podity. An actual play D&D Spelljammer podcast. In Space Podity, four adventurers visit the worlds and vex the GMs of other actual play shows. Keep listening for a sneak peek and please subscribe so you don't miss the first episodes set in the campaign of the long-running Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Acting Captain's Log. We've crashed our flying birdbath mansion. Long story. The party of groundling adventurers on board is kind and heroic, but untrusting, and is staring at me. It consists of a traumatized minotaur. You, you want to see traumatized? A spooky Asimar child. I'm an adult An now. adult Asimar child, whom I suspect to be enthralled by a hidden power, and the most headstrong elf I have ever met. And that includes Rascalgar, the cataclysmically reckless, from the former Rajanon Zed. Sounds fun. Also, the mansion's kitchens are out of ale. How am I going to function? Space Podity. Find us wherever your podcasts are.